guys, this is Larissa. And this is Samara. And you're listening to Absolutely, Absolutely Clueless. Clueless. An honest but clueless guide to life in the form of a podcast. We'll be talking about all sorts of topics, from careers to relationships to situationships and more. Ultimately, we're just here to show you that none of us really know what we're doing. So just remember to take our advice with a pinch of salt. And with that being said, don't forget to follow us on social media at underscore Absolutely Clueless. And let's get started. Yeah. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Absolutely Clueless. Um, this one is a International Women's Day special. Um, if you would have seen on our Instagram stories, we did a couple polls, um, basically wanting to get your opinions on different scenarios as to whether you think um, they are feminist or anti-feminist. Um, and essentially what we're going to do is talk through those topics and just see like what feminism looks like today. Um whether we've actually progressed in what we think feminism is or if it's I suppose in the same place that it was when it sort of all kicked off in would you say like the 70s 60s 70s so yeah we're going to be exploring those topics um some of them might be sensitive yeah um so just giving you a little bit of a warning um we're not experts um we also wanted to say that we are going to be focusing from our own experiences so that will be um you know english UK-based um, feminism and female issues that have affected um, people in England. Um, obviously, we could definitely go on to talk more about women's rights all across the world, but we thought it, it, w- it would be a bit out of place, mm. um, especially, as Samara said, we're not experts. It's not like we went to university and studied sociology, but we're just going to talk about our own experiences um, and also share the results from the polls that we did on Instagram. So should we get started with those? Yeah. The first one was whether sex workers were feminist or anti-feminist. Same with stay-at-home mums and not having children, hookup culture, female corporate giants. Female contraception. Yeah. Who should do more of the chores, men or women? Who should do more of the childcare? Mm -hmm. Sex on the first date, is that feminist or anti-feminist? Or paying for the first date. Um, initiating relationship status, so proposing, asking someone to be your boyfriend, girlfriend. Exactly, and I also put a bonus one on my Instagram, which was, do you think feminism has progressed? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got all the results for those, we're going to be talking through them. Um, I think, um, as well, there's so many different angles to each of these um, topics that we can explore, so it'll be really interesting to see why we kind of end up with this yeah, podcast definitely, definitely. <laughs> um so let's get started with um the sex workers yeah. um topic so this one the results were 68 percent of you guys said that it was feminist and 32 percent of you guys said anti-feminist yeah so what did you vote tomorrow <laughs> um so i think i can't remember what i voted for i think i voted for anti-feminist yeah so did i um i think from my point of view, as far as we've ever been concerned, the main target audience, the main consumer of... Um, the sex industry. Yeah. Has been men. Yeah. So this is... It, it's just like a, a... To me, it's kind of like a... Nothing's changed, whether it's gone from, um, you know, being uh, a sex worker, working for a pimp who um, then sort of exploits you, because that's, I think, where a lot of people are coming from. They think yeah. that maybe we've moved from that, and so that's why it's become more feminist, because we've got things like OnlyFans, where people are their own bosses. 
Um, yeah, so now, instead of being a situation where, you know, women are, like, forced into prostitution, mm. there are some women that are choosing to go into sex work mm. out of, like, literally their own decisions, their own yeah. um, desire to do so, because they think it's going to bring them money, or they like the freedom of it, mm. um, or it just suits their lifestyle. Um, but And so I can see why some people are trying to say that it is feminist because it's all about women taking back the control and they're they're doing what they want to with their bodies it's their body their choice Mm -hmm. um but at the same time i think the reason why i would say it's anti-feminist is because it's i feel like they're kind of fooling themselves into thinking that you're not just letting men use your body for their Mm. own pleasure and again it's complex because you know, you've got, like, um, some OnlyFans accounts that are essentially, like, webcam girls where, you know, someone asks you to do something and you do it. But then you've also got the other side, like, we've been watching Euphoria recently. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if anyone um, has seen it, but Kat um, started off as being a dominatrix. Yeah. Um, and so that could be another um, form of someone feeling like they are taking back control because... They're essentially getting paid to... Um, be mean to men. <laughs> yeah. But, like, basically tell them what to do and, and, yeah. and tell they them they're a piece it. of shit. <laughs> yeah, and they like it. They're getting yeah. up on that. <laughs> yeah, that's a win-win. It's like, get me a Chanel bag, you piece of shit. Yeah. And they're like, yes, yes, princess, I yeah. will. It's kind of like having a sugar daddy as well. Like, Some people think that if you're a sugar baby, that's not pr- prostitution or sex work, but mm. I feel like it, it is a it form de- of sex work. Yeah, I think so. Well, it depends on what you're actually being expected to do because sometimes you are just, like, escorting them to dinners yeah. and being their plus ones to things so they don't so they look a certain way. So yeah. So they feel proud to have you on their arm. Yeah. And then they, you know, obviously pay for the meals and, like, take yeah. you to nice places. and. But then again... You know, you could say that you're in control because you're you're the thing that they're proud to have and they're paying you and you don't even have to do anything, but you're it's on their terms. Exactly. And another thing that I think is scary about it is you might think that you're in control. Like, I'm talking now, like, if you're actually having sex for money. Mm. In a scenario, you might be thinking, well, I'm in control because I'm deciding whether I can or cannot do this and it's going to be on my terms. But I feel like it's scary because you can't trust the men, really, because... In a situation where it's just you and them, they're stronger than you. Who's to say mm. that they can't use their strength against you? And then you're in a really vulnerable position. Yeah, and I think even as simple as, like, if they... If you start on um, an agreement that you're going to have, for example, vaginal sex, um, that's the agreement that you've gone into. And then in the moment, um, he requests, like, anal or, like, something else that wasn't really in the agreement to begin with... Um, the person with the actual control in that situation is him because he's suggesting something that he wants. If he's got the money at his disposal to um, to pay you to, for that service, um, obviously you can say no, but it's the feeling. Surely there's that kind of feeling of obligation there yeah. in that moment because you're servicing him. Well, it's kind of like you said with the cam girls. There are some that started off saying, I'm only going to sell feet pics. I'm only going to do this. But then when someone comes in and offers them even more money for just 10 minutes of a video to see their whole body naked, Mm -hmm. then they almost push their own boundaries because they're like, wow, I can make even more money doing Mm -hmm. this. It's not going to cost me that much. 
Um, and then slowly but surely they, they can end up losing sight of what the boundaries were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know if anyone's watched Olivia Atwood from Love Island. She has a documentary series on um, ITV2. Um, and it's going through the world of OnlyFans. And like we said, I think the main reason why a lot of people would have voted feminist, I mean, correct us if we're wrong, is because of this shift towards, um, like, social media, sex work. And that does allow a lot of women to feel like they're more in control. But when she went behind the scenes... It really did show um, how so many women, like you said, um, had said, I'm never going to do this. I will never do that. And that's my boundary. And it's, I, I'm never going to cross it. But then someone came along and offered 10 grand. And it's like, it was a no brainer for them that they mm. were going to have to um, have sex on camera, uh, which they said they would never do or something yeah. like that. Um, and then also you're in this kind of loop because it's almost like it's a, a meritocracy because you are getting... You're, you're getting all this... You're getting to live this luxurious lifestyle for doing something that... I guess in your head you're like, well, worth it because yeah. I get to go on holiday and I get to live in this amazing house. And yeah. I, you know? Um, it's, it's still... But even then, I think that's, like, what we've been led to believe, like, on TikTok when people talk about sex workers or sex workers will show... A lot of sex workers are on TikTok just explaining about their lives or like they'll have their only fans but they'll do like influencing on tiktok so they'll talk yeah. about like their lifestyle but that might not be the reality of all sex workers or all only fan girls because a lot of them might just be normal people and they might not even be getting that much money at the end yeah. of it all so it's like what's the like the cost of putting your body out there on the internet all these people seeing it and in the end you're not living up to the lifestyle that you see other girls um living up to mm. and so it's yeah it's a bit of a tricky one but mm. having said that like I still I think that as a society we need to be uh, less judgmental to sex towards sex workers and obviously I think it is currently illegal in the UK like prostitution I think is illegal yeah prostitution is. um but I think that makes it dangerous um mm. so I think it would be better if it was legalized so that it was more regulated and there were more there was more protection there for the actual sex workers um and i think we had an interesting comment an interesting reply on our podcast instagram where someone said that if it was legalized they the sex workers could unionize and then oh, yeah. have more rights and then that would be feminist because then it would be sort of self, a bit more self-contained and controlled, whereas whilst it's kind of being led underground, I mean, the the bones of, of prostitution and the underground, I suppose, like, business world of it all... Yeah. Um, ..is male-led, is male-dominated. Um, and so it's very hard to make that feminist yeah. when the people that, that started it and the people that kind of run... Um, yeah. Like these brothels and that you see. And people that benefit from it the most. Yeah, and men still. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really hard to say. But I, I guess a lot of people, when they think about sex work, modern sex work, they do think about OnlyFans, they do think about webcam girls. Yeah, and you're just doing it from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, and I think as well it's about reclaiming, isn't it? It's trying to reclaim yeah. your sexuality. And yeah. I think that is a way that people can see, um, see it as feminists. You know, we've all been there. Like, I think in high school as well, um, a lot of girls 
I know if everyone else has like dealt with this, but boys can be fucking mean. They are mean. <laughs> like what? What do you mean? What do you mean? You want like you're you're sending me all these messages and like you're sending me dick pics that like <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. No one wants to see that. No, but then if anyone dare send you a tip pic back, then they're a hoe. Yeah, literally. Just the double. The fuck is up with there. that? Yeah, I know. What is up with that? I know. Like. I mean, not to say that I, did, I ever sent any nudes because thankfully I didn't, I was too scared. Um, so none of that was rocking about. But th- it's just unfair because like, you know, like like I said, these guys would be sending dick pics to every single girl. Yeah. Every single school in the district. Yeah. Um, and then you, and then one girl sent one um, picture of their boobs or their bum yeah. um, to a guy they liked. Yeah. Um, thinking that that's gonna, you know, get them some more. Maybe just because they were turned on and they felt sexy and they wanted to. Yeah. And yeah. when you're a teenager, you're coming to terms with, um, like, that sexual part of yourself. And, yeah. Um, but I, I do think a lot of boys would put so much pressure on girls to send nudes that yeah. it was like, they, the girls ended up sending nudes out of coercion. Mm. Um, so... But I mean, there must be some girls that do it because they just... It, it makes like them feel they sexy. want to do it, yeah. yeah, and then they get judged for and it, and then they get judged for it. And the, the most of the time, the people that judge them the, the hardest are the girls. There are a lot of girls that do that, yeah. There's like internalized, yeah, se- uh, sexism and yeah. shaming there, massively, massively, yeah. Um, and then when you link that to modern day sex work, it's like, how can it be feminist if, like we said, main consumers are males, and then a lot of females look at look at it as though it's like tearing us down in a way like kind of um the division there yeah like some women think that it's bringing us back down to being a sexual commodity Mm, um which it is problematic because people it's it's sexual liberation yeah and then being a sexual commodity is like it's such a fine line like when people looked at like britney spears for example when she was coming up and she was really sexual and she would dress in her school uniform um and sexualize it and people thought that it was disgusting and it was actually yeah um it was unnecessary sexualization yeah um and it was actually tearing down um what a lot of females had had brought up i actually saw a video just now on tiktok um and uh a young woman was talking to an older woman um about feminism and she was saying that you know um all these women fought for our rights and i'm now wearing like whatever i want i can wear jeans and i can wear a crotch she went and the the old woman interrupted her and was like no um these women did not fight for you to dress like a whore they fighted for you to get rights yeah and education and i was like god a whore like that's fucking i know i I was like that's brutal like and I feel like both of them are kind of right because yeah. actually some of these women did want the freedom to be able to dress however they wanted and express yeah, their sexualization actually to wear uncomfortable corsets and layers and layers of clothes outfits that were designed by men for men yeah and worn <laughs> by women yeah yeah it's such a different I don't want to fucking wear a corset oh well, I actually wore a corset the other day <laughs> it really sucks good <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult conversation because then it's like when it comes to like women's dress sense, it's like, are you, you know, this this whole conversation on TikTok about the female gaze versus the male gaze, and mm. that maybe the female gaze is actually inherently all about the male gaze still because it's still yeah. about like how men perceive how women dress. This is why people get so annoyed with um, the Kardashians. Mm. They don't, and this is like a an ongoing like controversial topic as to whether the Kardashians are feminist or 
anti-feminist. Yeah. I think most people would say anti-feminist because of um, how they sort of run the beauty standards of the of the minute. Yeah. Um, uh, and how, you know, people say that, like, um, all these weight loss things that they sell and all these, like, the surgeries that they've had and they promote this look yeah. and this expectation to, you know, look a certain way even after kids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it is a hard standard to set. And if it's being set by other women, that it pushes it even more. Because then it's like, well, maybe it's not like unrealistic because she's doing it. Yeah. And maybe I should be doing that as well. Maybe I should be trying to look like that and trying to present myself in that version of femininity. Is that what femininity is? Yeah. Um, so that's tough. But yeah, at the same time, it, it's like almost as if, okay, but that used to be men pushing that image so is it maybe a feminist because it's yeah. now they're choosing that for themselves well it's interesting because kim kardashian gained her fame and all her glory mm. off of a sex tape which is yeah. interesting so that again is like links back to like sex work and how a lot of people might think that getting into sex work is gonna make them really successful and stuff the thing is as well though i think without like the work they obviously had to put in to build all these different businesses or even the vision, I suppose, and, like, the connections that they have, then she, it, she wouldn't even, like, be spoken about anymore because no mm. one speaks about Ray J. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> um, like, and he was in the sex suit too. Is that because of the sexualization of, of women? I don't know. Is it the yeah. objectification of her? Yeah. Over him? Yeah. But that doesn't usually last this long. There are plenty of other people, other celebrities that have had sex tapes leaked and nudes leaked mm. that we don't speak about as often and as much mm. this this long after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... Yeah, sex well, workers, um, I think it depends on how you look at it, the angle. I think compared to, I suppose, where we were... It is more feminist. There is mm. more control. Yeah. Like um, the person that commented on our Instagram, the closer that we move to it becoming legalised um, and uh, brought to the surface rather than being controlled underground, because that's when it is more controlled by males. Yeah. Um, it can become more safe. Yeah. Safer, female-controlled, female-owned, and that's what is... That's what feminism is all about. Yeah. It's about choices. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so the next point is about um, stay-at-home mothers um, and whether that is feminist or anti-feminist. So mm-hmm. looking at the results, um, so 71% of the votes were fem- saying that it is feminist and 29% said that it's anti-feminist. I want to know why everyone <laughs> voted that it was feminist. Is it the choice? I guess it is. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think it is the choice. Are we maybe mixing up feminist with feminine? Mm. No, I don't, I, I don't know. I think maybe because... Maybe because of, like, how modern society is, mm. and maybe the girl boss feminism, it's like women want to go back to work after having children, or that's how it has been in, like, the past two decades or something. Like, women want to have the job, and they're expected to do it all, essentially. They're expected to have a job, raise their children and take care of the house all at the same time mm. um, and still stay beautiful as well like, because mm. of the, that's how the standards are. And I think maybe women now are starting to reject that a little bit and be like, you know what? If I've just had a baby, I want to be able to rest and just stay at home and just yeah. be able to be a good mother and focus on that rather than trying to do everything. 
and have a job at the same time. But then being a stay-at-home mum, like, that's a career choice. That's forever. Yeah. yeah. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah. And I think just because of my own experience with my mum being a single mum for however many years she was a single mum, I had that respect for her just grinding. Um, yeah. And that's what I wanted to emulate. And yeah. that's the image of, like, a strong woman yeah. in my mind. So not to say that, you know, stay-at-home mothers don't have their own, um, like, careers within being a stay-at-home mum. Because that's, that's, like, a career is, like, um, it can be defined as your, I suppose, path. Yeah. And being a mother is a career. Yeah, because it is childcare. Like, people go to uni to study childcare, yeah. you know, like, or, like, domestic labour. People get paid to clean and cook and everything. Yeah. And, like, if you're choosing to do that whilst your spouse brings in, like, the money mm-hmm. because they're working outside of the house or whatever and you're doing, like, the domestic labour and mm-hmm. you count that as, like, that's your job, I guess it's fair enough, but I think, like, that just depends then on how you perceive it as because if I was in that position, I'd be fucking depressed. <laughs> I'd be I'd depressed, be depressed fuck. Especially because um, then I also think it is dangerous. Well, it's da- I think it it's is dangerous. dangerous because you're depending, again, on... Your spouse. I sorry. You go. No, just like if you if you haven't got your own job, you've not got your own finances. You are in a vulnerable position because yeah, they could easily financially abuse you because you're dependent on them. And yeah. when you don't have your own source of income, how are you going to get out of a situation if your partner starts being abusive um, in any way, shape, or form? Any way, shape, or form. How are you going to actually leave the house because now you haven't got any money to go pay yeah. for a new flat? Yeah. Even like with even if it's not an abusive relationship, if you're just not happy, you're not yeah. fucking happy. Like you shouldn't ever have to think about, um, consider when you're thinking about leaving someone, like your financial situation. It should never even be in the equation. The only thing that you should be thinking about is, um, is this person making me happy? Is are they the right person? That yeah. is all that should be th- going in your head. And maybe if you've got kids, are they a good? father are we a good family unit like is this good for us is this healthy you, you shouldn't i feel like the risk is if something is unhealthy and that's it and you're taking no to every single one of those questions but then you get to the money box which is the biggest box and you're like but what will i do yeah without him yeah. i've not worked in 20 years yeah um i haven't got like my cv's got a massive gap i've not even yeah. got a cv anymore yeah um I've not got any other form of income. How am I gonna, what will I do? Yeah. Um, that shouldn't be a consideration. Yeah. Should not. If you if you feel unhappy or unsafe. Yeah. It's it's not, it's just such a an awful place to position to put yourself in. And, and this is what I think is why I would say it's anti-feminist because in this day and age, it is a choice. Yeah. That's that's your choice. And not to say that some people um, die happy as um, stay-at-home mothers and they're happy in their relationships and they don't feel like, you know, there was this sort of mismatch of power. But to me, yeah. I would feel like there's a mismatch of power. Yeah, because obviously, like, historically in, like, the 50s, women in England couldn't even go to the shop and buy whatever they wanted without them their husband's signature. Mm. Um, they... Like, there was that much financial control over them. And now, it's like... Obviously, we don't have that situation anymore. But it can be difficult if... Like, I don't know. I think some people can make it work if they're actually happy and their partner is treating them equally and at the same time, they're, like, providing for them. Because a lot of women 
they strive to have that kind of relationship where them mm. their man is the provider and that's what they want they think that that's their ideal family unit situation it's very nuclear family where the man yeah. is the breadwinner they're the stay at home mom taking care of the kids and that's like a happy family yeah. vision for themselves but unfortunately that isn't sustainable for most households anymore the economy doesn't allow for that oh yeah that's like true. you can't sustain um uh it's very difficult to maintain um a normal household the way that you could on on like an average salary with one um income like nowadays you know the the um kind of vision of what the family unit looked like back then is because you could sustain a, a whole household with one income um yeah. that's that's what it's designed on but yeah. now it's especially with like the rising prices yeah it's very very difficult to be able to do that i know a lot of people from our generation are literally never going to be able to afford a mortgage on a house and like even saving up for a deposit is obviously so much more easier when you've got another partner with you and you're Mm -hmm. going 50 50 on a deposit because then you only have to save half the amount yeah um in order to get that mortgage yeah and i think um this kind of links on to another topic that um we asked um in our poll about um but a lot of people who are saying that um feminism is sort of attacking um the traditional family unit yeah um (laughs) is like because it does actually link back to the economy like it actually does because if um people are saying that um this whole uh, pe- women, uh, women going to work and not staying at home. Um, it's actually um, bad for society. It's bad for society. People that are wanting to build careers um, are pushing back or delaying having children. Um, and then it's actually fucking with the population and the, the population rates going down. And it's all women's fault. How yeah, dare they? Just yeah. because they want their own money. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But this is dangerous because actually it's nothing to do with feminism. Yeah. But as to why women are pushing. I've pushed back like, oh gosh, I can't even know what to because <laughs> uh, my mum was considered old as a mother when because yeah. she had my brother at 27 now i'm like realistically i need to have my shit in order yeah. and i'm not going to be able to do that realistically before i'm 30 i know yeah. that so that's why my idea of when i'm going to have kids has been pushed back it's not because of feminism it's because i can't afford it like the prices do not allow for me to have a family unit before then before then like it's not possible yeah now you going to uni and getting a degree it's not gonna mean as much in in on the in terms of like the job market as it did before yeah so now it's like we won't. We probably don't get paid as much as like our parents' generation did mm. in terms of like ratio in between. Proportionally. Like, yeah, proportionally. Yeah. For, for how much we're paying on costs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I say this links to another topic because we spoke about um, female contraception, and I'm jumping a bit, but yeah, um, yeah with female contraception, um, that's I think why there has been a bit more of a of a rise in um, investing into different kinds of contraception that's good for females because quite frankly, (laughs) people aren't ready. People might want children. People might actually want the traditional family unit, but they just can't afford it yet. And at our age group in 
our parents' generation, we would have had kids by now. Yeah, I know. Um, it's scary. My mum had my brother when she was like 21 or something. <laughs> oh my and that, God. That, that's like two years ago for me. So I can't imagine me now having a two-year-old baby mm. taking care of that. No. <laughs> no. I'm honestly just struggling to like, you know, figure things out for myself. To pay for the granola. <laughs> <laughs> we were like doing the maths for our granola addiction. Yeah, like, <laughs> like oh my God, 40 pounds. Oh my God. <laughs> Now imagine adding baby baby food to the equation. Oh, Fuck that. No. Um, but speaking about female contraception, on our poll, um, sixty-seven percent of you guys said that it was feminist. Yeah. Um, and thirty-three percent said anti-feminist. Um, so this is interesting this is really as interesting. well. Yeah. Um, ooh, I, I don't know where to begin with this one. So obviously, female. We we learn about this in like. Uh, GCSE history like Mm -hmm. when the pill was introduced in like the 60s I don't remember when it was almost like a bit of a revolution or like it it led to Mm. the the sexual liberation movement whatever yes yes but then obviously a lot of people thought oh this is just giving women permission to be promiscuous because now they don't have to face the consequences of their actions it's like mother you You motherfucker Back in fucking literally, back in fucking what's it called, Bridgerton ties. They exactly. were out here yeah. going wrong, having to deal with their consequences <laughs> when the when the prostitute comes and get with a little baby bump going. Oh fuck, you fucked up! And yeah. it's like, oh no, you fucked up because yeah. I'm like you're on your own. Yeah, like, well that child is just a bastard child. Yeah, not like nothing child. to do with me. Yeah. And it's like, so you can do it without consequences, but because we're the vessels yeah. that the baby has to grow in, yeah, we have to be stuck with. Plus, it's on both sides, you exactly. fucking dick. Like, you know what, though? You probably didn't even make her come. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm stuck with a child. I don't even have a time. even worth it. <laughs> it's getting personal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, double standards. Double fucking standards. And this yeah. is at the core for what I believe feminism to be. It's about yeah. choices and it's about equality. Like, w- with things that were designed to be equal. I feel like sex was designed to be equal. Yeah, yeah, It's not meant for men. No. We're one of the only, like, species on the earth as well that has has sex for pleasure, not just for procreation. And also it's really interesting because uh, the clitoris on a woman is the only organ that exists solely for the purpose of pleasure. Yeah. Like, if you think about a man, his penis, that exists for procreation. Yeah. Not just pleasure. Whereas, like... That's so true. Yeah, for women, that clitoris... That's so true. So, why do you think it's there? In it. Use it. Don't ignore it. Find it. <laughs> and don't be too rough with it. <laughs> But it's true. Sex is, um, we do have sex for pleasure and sex, um, a pleasure is supposed to be for both sides. And this weird view that's been pushed and still exists for some reason that men are more sexual than women, even though it's been proven that women's orgasms are stronger. Yeah. And we can have multiple. Yeah. As well. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell me why you think that. I don't know. No, just it's plain. Not making I don't understand. <laughs> but Why? Like, yeah. <laughs> but like back to the point about contraception being feminist. So yes. Um. So I feel like the people that voted for it being anti-feminist probably think that because of you know the pressure that 
that there is like there's so many different types of female contraception whereas men there's like literally One. like <laughs> <laughs> and it's uncomfortable yeah the vasectomy it's uncomfortable. and now i'm talking about a condom oh condom well i was vasectomy is not really contraception to me um yeah because you can get a reversible vasectomy but it's not it's supposed to be a risky. permanent yeah, it's supposed to be a permanent fix. It's not really for contraception. It's yeah. more... But why is there yeah. not a pill for the men? A spermicide. You said spermicide. Spermicide, yeah. <laughs> so I can get it on. Honestly, we need to put more research in that. But, like, I feel like the reason there isn't so much research on that is because... There's a heavy, like... There's a heavy um, responsibility put on women. Yeah. Because... Like I said, we're the vessels. Um, and it's almost like they're throwing it back in our face when we were like, our body, our choice, like, fine. Fucking you take the pills then. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, this is, is my body my choice once I get to that situation? Yeah. But we're both in this position together. We're both having sex yeah. with each other. So you don't want a baby, I don't want a baby. Yeah. But you know what it is as well? It's like, the men don't want to go through it. Like, if they have to take a pill and they're going to end up with symptoms... They don't want it. They don't want a headache. Whereas women will literally. I fucking was ill for a week after I got the coil, and I that was like I fucking suffered. Yeah. Um. But I did it because I don't want any risks of getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. Whereas a guy will. I don't. I think a guy is way less likely to want to just take a pill, um, and suffer the symptoms or go through like. Well, it's because it's not really advertised that, that um, for men to have to do something like that. Yeah. The only thing that is advertised for men is condoms, which is, like, honestly the easiest thing in the world. And even they then, complain so much about even it. Even then, there's such a stigma against, like, sex with a condom and how it yeah. feels. And I don't give a fuck. I really don't. Yeah. I really don't. Like, it, I, it's the most selfish thing when yeah. we're pumping our bodies filled with full of hormones yeah um we're getting things implanted in our arms we're getting things implanted in our vaginas yes um what the fuck yeah Put on a rubber yeah <laughs> it's really not that hard yeah. um so i i suppose yeah that the female contraception is feminist because it opens up doors but then it can be anti-feminist and i voted anti-feminist because yeah. i felt like i didn't want the responsibility to be in my hands solely yeah that's exactly. not fair no it isn't fair um and if we're talking about choices choices can only exist if there are options on both sides and if i'm the only one that has the option for a pill i'm the only one that has the option for an iud yeah i'm the only one that has the option for a coil and your only option is a vasectomy or condom yeah that doesn't seem fair no no it really isn't that closes off choice yeah there definitely definitely needs to be more research done into like male Male contraception contraception. Yeah. yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um so the next one we have is um having not having children is that feminist or anti-feminist um the results for that were astounding yeah so 92 percent voted that it is feminist and i actually agree mm-hmm. i think not having children yeah because again yeah. it all comes down to choice choice yeah. and if you don't want to have children you don't have to yeah. <laughs> but obviously like, we're lucky that in England, abortion is legal. Um, and obviously, 8% of you voted anti-feminist. Um, I actually have struggled with this one because on TikTok, there is a bit of a, a of an epidemic of people um, saying, I'm not 
childless, I'm child free. Yeah. Which I understand because obviously there's been, there's always constantly been a pressure on women to have children. There's been questions once you hit a certain age, when are you gonna have kids? When are you gonna have kids? Yeah. You can't leave it too long because then you'll not be able to have kids. You'll be lonely when you die because then you won't have kids. Or like a man's not gonna want you if you're not gonna have children. Yeah. Like um, and I think like Larissa said, it's all about choice. But this wave of this strain of feminism, because they do sort of put themselves under the feminist title, can actually be a little bit... um, It can divide, it can be a bit segregational in terms of um, the whole choice aspect. The point of it is for women to have choices. But then with movements like this, it can sometimes make it make you feel a bit ashamed for wanting traditional things for yourself yeah, it's yeah. like the stay-at-home mum thing like i am guilty of of um thinking that stay-at-home mothers i just feel to me it's anti-feminist just because of what i've experienced but it's not really fair of me to think that because that's someone's choice yeah and that's all it comes down to so when it comes to, when it comes to starting a family that is someone's choice um and it's not fair i think because some women have taken this like childless child free movement and said everyone all the women with children are so unhappy like look at how unhappy they are yeah they don't have a life like i've seen this on tiktok like yeah everyone being like um you say that um having children is the happiest moment of your life but how come um whenever you say that you the best um the best day that you've had this year starts with oh i didn't have the kids the kids were with uh, my mum or the kids weren't with us and we had just the best day ever it's like if your kids are the highlight of your life why are you so quick to want to get rid of them and it's like i i don't know why you're shaming people for wanting like I don't know like a bit of both like you can still want like time to yourself and love your children that's not fair it's not fair to make someone feel like they made the wrong decision because you don't agree with it yeah or as well some women like they maybe did have children and then they come to regret it but they still want to be good mothers and stuff Mm. and like that movement of where it's like a bit shamey towards like women that ended up having children and Mm. now they're like not enjoying it it's like it doesn't it's not helpful to rub it in their face like yeah you could have been childless like yeah like because they're not yeah so what now yeah now they they have to raise this child yeah (laughs) exactly um and and it is kind of like um it can be a bit condescending. It can be a bit like, oh, you should have known better. Like, look at you now. Yeah. Like, you fell for it. You fell for the um, system that society pushed on you. Yeah, and now and, you're trapped. Yeah, and look at me, I'm free. And it's like, well, that's your idea of freedom. And, and maybe that person isn't happy. Like Larissa said, what are your words going to do about making her feel better? But some people actually just want that life. That's their idea of freedom, having their own family. Some people have had ideas of, or or lived experiences of families that have been not what they wanted they want to create their own memories and that's that's freedom to them it's all very situational and yeah dependent on the person i think um as well like a lot of the um, positivity that has come on tiktok towards like women that are choosing to not have children Mm. it's because they're kind of opting out of pregnancy they're opting out of like childcare, and they might associate that with negativity because like um 
because I think that mothers are not supported so much in society. Like a lot of women are expected to do a lot of the childcare on their own, which actually we put as a poll. poll, Um, and when there's that much societal pressure on women, then no wonder there's so many women that end up with postnatal depression Mm. or they end up struggling a lot on their own. And they end up like suffering as a consequence of having had a child. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's got less to do with like the fact that they had the child and more to do with like the there's a lack of community helping out in raising that child and Yeah, it's like um and supporting the mum. It's like what my mum said when a woman um takes care of her child and like they've had a hectic morning and they get themselves and the baby to like a family party and everyone's dressed and looks uh, like super immaculate and they're like hi UK oh yeah. he looks cute but when a dad does it when a single dad does it it's a miracle yeah wow he's doing amazing yeah like he's, oh he's such a good dad he's such a good him. dad look how involved he is yeah they get praised for being involved whereas yeah. women like they're expected to and if they're not doing a good enough job if people perceive that she's not doing a good enough job, then yeah. it can be just really hateful. This actually links back to stay-at-home mothers, because I think there's a lot of shame against women that want a career, yeah. but struggle at being mums. It's like, oh, well, you're being selfish. Like, this is what happens. Equality, equality. Yeah. You wanted equality, and now you're asking for help with your child. And it's like you can't handle it. Yeah. Well, this isn't fair, because single dads, well, you expect them to get nannies, because, oh, he can't do it on his own. you got to do it on his own. Yeah, that's that's yeah. too much. That's yeah. too much. He can't. He'll need a girlfriend. He'll need a nanny. He'll need a babysitter. But when a woman does it, it's like, oh, well, you wanted equality. You yeah, wanted no, it. Yeah, that is such a good point. Like, women get judged don't they if they want to go straight back to work yeah like, after their maternity leave or if they like, want to like why is she so focused on her career that's like really selfish yeah. she needs to take care of her children or if they want to like go out one weekend and leave them leave yeah. the child with their grandmother or oh their such nanny. a bad mother for going clubbing and enjoying her life i know you can do fucking both like <laughs> leave <laughs> everyone alone you just let women have a good life yeah enjoy. i remember what you would say if it was a father remember yeah. that and when you see a woman struggling or a mother struggling, what are you doing to help? Are you yeah. helping um, her with any other chores mm-hmm. or with any other childcare or just literally anything? Yeah, because yeah, that is a massive narrative that's being pushed. It's like women that are struggling to stay on top of everything whilst having a full time job. Um, the first thing people tend to say is, "Well, why don't you quit your job?" Yeah. No one would ever say that to a father. Yeah. They would say, "Why don't you get help?" Mm, it would never yeah. there would never be an option of why don't you quit your job yeah um but because it's kind of been thrown back in um a lot of females faces that okay you wanted to pursue a career so this is what having a career is like yeah no it's not actually not for men yeah there's not an expectation to be able to cle- keep your house immaculate yeah. and keep your kids fed go to every single school fucking play yeah be on the parent committee yeah keep your nails looking good and your hair looking good and like climb the corporate ladder actually <laughs> no it's not the fucking same this yeah. is not equality no i saw a really interesting tweet which was saying like you know if you think you are struggling remember that's like the working routine like working nine to five and being able to do everything that was designed back when there was someone at home doing all the domestic labor for free Mm -hmm. and now yeah we're all expected to do everything 
Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough. Exactly. You're doing great, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> but that's for sweetie. Whoever, yeah. Whoever she is. Oh, yeah, actually, there was one more thing that I wanted to say about this. I want to talk about female rap culture real quick. Okay, yeah. Uh, because I do think that that plays into, like, the whole... The new, like, wave of feminism in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's kind of like, fuck men, use men, we're players now. Yeah. Um, like, I get my own money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this links to the next topic quite well, yeah. actually. So yeah. it was about hookup culture and whether you think that is feminist or anti-feminist. Mm. And the result for that is that 71% of people think that it is feminist and 29% think that hookup culture is anti-feminist. Mm-hmm. So, going back to the rap culture thing, hookup yeah. culture is being pushed and pushed and pushed more than yeah. ever. When we say hookup culture, we're talking about casual um, flings, casual sex you know sex without strings yeah outside of relationship and i think there's plenty of reasons as to why that is feminist yeah definitely obviously if, if we're comparing to like historically obviously women would be shunned if they were not a virgin you know like mm. um before they, marriage yeah yeah if they had sex before marriage um they were no longer marriage material yeah um and I think we have already established that women are just as sexual as as men. Yeah. Like, it's very, very possible for that to happen. Yeah. So what's difficult um, with this hookup culture um, when it was designed for men, it was that women felt like they had to suppress that side of themselves. Yeah. Um, and so everything would kind of be done under covers if anything was done at all. Yeah. Or you would get people that were just deeply unhappy in their marriages because they didn't get to explore their sexuality Yeah, beforehand. so true, so true. Um, that's why it, there's a massive part of it that is feminist because now there is the option to be able to explore your sexuality yeah. before you settle down, if that's what you want. Yeah. Um, and there's an option to not even settle down if you don't want that. Yeah. Um, and you're just not depriving yourself of your sexual needs. Like, you're yeah. actually... You're not going to hold yourself back because mm-hmm. of what society thinks. Like, mm-hmm. now you're more able to do those things. Uh, sleep with whoever you want with less judgment from yeah. people. Um, but I think what when I talk about um, the new wave of female rap culture... I'm talking about rappers like Cardi B, yeah. um, Sweetie, Megan Thee Stallion, Ma- Megan Thee Stallion, yeah, um, yeah, Sleep yeah. Girls, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, great music, love it, girls, yeah. absolutely love it, keep doing what you're doing, but <laughs> I do think that it can be harmful, especially to younger girls that are just finding their sexuality. Yeah. Because, like, we watched on Euphoria, actually. Yeah. Um, so there's a scene, if anyone hasn't watched it, of Kat, um, who calls herself a slut, and she calls herself that, and she doesn't want to tell anyone that she's a virgin. She's, like, t- trying to convince everyone that she's, like, this crazy slut that um, will do whatever, and she's, like... You know, trying basically trying to reclaim. It's showing how women are reclaiming the word slut, but yeah. how it can actually be harmful for younger girls because she felt like she had an obligation to be a slut, yeah, um, and to be sexually confident before she even knew what sex was. Exactly, and that is so harmful because yeah. then you push yourself and she forced herself into a situation where she had sex with someone um, that she didn't enjoy. Yeah, um, and he ended up filming it. Obviously, that wasn't really, yeah. an issue. but. <laughs> It was like she put herself in a position that she didn't really want to be in because she felt like she had to prove her sexual confidence. Yeah. Um, And female sexual confidence is great, but... 
it's also okay to feel a bit vulnerable in those situations. Yeah. Well, I also think like she was trying to emulate a lot of the women that she saw on like porn in porn videos yes. and like oh or even just like from the music videos the way they talk about sex and like how they're gonna be so dominant or yeah. they're gonna do this this and like but if you try if you've never done that and then you try and do it and you don't enjoy it you still feel like obliged to kind of be doing be having sex like that because oh everyone talks about it in this way this is how it should be even if I don't like it yeah that's how it's expected to be yes exactly um and it links again back to how certain new waves of feminism can be quite shame shaming yeah like if you do want something more traditional it can be shaming if you want to I hate this term but make love (laughs) um (laughs) you just want vanilla sex if you want tender love and care if you don't want to be a kinky (laughs) bed Fucking <laughs> <laughs> I these things. You want to be a badass what bitch? <laughs> if you don't want that, if you just want to like kiss and cuddles whilst you have sex, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You want that girl? Yeah, you get that. If you want to be able to like. If you only want to have sex with someone if you're in a relationship with them, that's fine. You don't need to force yourself to have casual situations. You don't. If it's not natural to you. Yeah, and a lot of the times I... I, Well, for this, I actually voted that it's anti-feminist because when you're encouraging hookup culture, I think a lot of the times in the end, again, who benefits the most from it? I think men do. Because Mm. if you're sleeping with someone that you've only just met or... um, someone in a very casual situation that you don't you haven't built that connection with it can be dangerous again you're in it's risky behavior because Mm. you don't know how it's gonna go like unless you've had extensive conversations about consent and about what you're comfortable with you don't know how the situation's actually gonna play out and Mm -hmm. men are stronger than women like i know like that's another thing that people are like, oh, you feminists, you try to say that men are equal to women, but men are always stronger. No, I'm not debating that. Like, I do think men are physically stronger than women. Yeah. And so they can use that against you. Yeah, they're physically more capable to build more muscle. It's biology. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. I just think, like, hookup culture is not fun unless you're actually enjoying yourself. And exactly. I just think... Because of it's casual, I don't know how many women actually are enjoying themselves. This is what we said before. Like, if... Like, when we talked about um, guys that have really high body counts and whether that means they're experienced, this is exactly what we're talking about here. How can you really communicate what you like, what you want from someone, your sexual preferences? Yeah. If, you if met it's them in the one club. time. <laughs> yeah. one time. Are you going to come? Come are on. You? Come <laughs> on, Nina. Yeah. You know I am. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> You've not enjoyed that one bit. <laughs> and then, I'm saying this as someone who literally. <laughs> I'm gonna out myself. I'm gonna out myself. Like, literally, I've only. <laughs> no, but basically, <laughs> I've just not enjoyed myself. So I just don't think it's worth it. And I think mm. a lot of the girls that I've spoken to as well, they haven't enjoyed it either. And it's like, what is the point? Why are we all. Yeah participating in sex that is not good I think it's because you want so desperately to not be that bitch that like needs an emotional connection personally I don't feel like I need an emotional connection to have sex with someone it's better for me 
just because I feel like it's nicer to like me and my boyfriend we love each other and that's just it's nice it's a nice connection to have but obviously you can you can get sexually satisfied without that connection it's just whether you're gonna have the sexual connection which is non-negotiable it's non-negotiable um and it's really hard to get that for a woman like we said can they find the clip (laughs) and how do you even know if that's the kind of person that cares to find it exactly exactly I think I've said this to like another friend before but like if every sexual encounter I had was guaranteed like a hundred percent that it was gonna be enjoyable I'd probably be sleeping around a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but because there's just not that guarantee I'm just like please stay yeah <laughs> like, yeah I just like don't bother <laughs> <laughs> oh that's kind of sad I don't know no I don't know Dude, the world is sad <laughs> I wish it was better for women yeah it's actually sex. really yeah. sad isn't it but I don't want to think about it too much. Sorry. <laughs> no, everyone needs to just like go on fucking YouTube. I'm not being, why don't the guys go on YouTube? You know, there are books as well out there, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually direct. Guys, if you actually want to just like, we'll leave a link for we'll like an Amazon link, link for, a, for a few books, okay? Yeah, I know. A couple textbooks. Right. I'll help you out. Honestly, <laughs> you honestly, read them. It's like, I actually think there's a lot of those books that need to be, they need to be read and studied at school. <laughs> yeah, no, serious. Because serious. people are out here in the world, when I say people, I mean men. Just, <laughs> honestly, just. <laughs> yeah leading yeah. to these very bad sexual experiences it's really just bad. you're not putting out good energy really in the world <laughs> and like yeah and like we said this is why this is the main reason why a lot of hookup culture tends to be um geared towards being for men because um men it's so easy for them to finish it's so easy easy yeah. for them to have an enjoyable experience um and realistically when you have a one night stand you are just there for yourself um, yeah, I've seen, on both sides. I've seen videos of like interviews and some guys they say like they don't care they've openly admitted like they don't care about making a girl come if it's a one night stand because they're actually being more selfish and they fully admit that and whereas they're like if I care about a girl then mm. I'm more likely to want to go down on her and mm. bring her that pleasure but if, yeah which is yeah. just that's not how it should be you should care for every single I mean at the same time would I care for a random guy whether he finished or not not really if he didn't finish no i feel like that's the thing that we as as a collective we all need to care Mm. about each other's sexual pleasure if we're gonna have sex with that person we need to at least care that much about them or and if we don't we just shouldn't be having sex with them yeah but i would be lying if i said that like if (laughs) if if like i was having one night stand and he didn't finish and he's like hang on give me i'll be like "Mm, don't want to go again like i finished i wouldn't if i finished and he didn't i wouldn't be like oh god let me okay let me just do something to make sure that you finish like oh yeah no no i don't care well, yeah. I don't care, because what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What do you think about those situations where, like, I think some women are trying to reclaim hookup culture, like, for themselves, mm-hmm. and so, so they're like, they'll have sex with the guy until they come, and then they get up and leave. <laughs> and, like... The girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Or, okay. like, some girls, like, they specifically will have sex with guys and not let them come and like oh, that's vindictive that. that's not un- that's Wait, unnecessary that's trying that. to get even like in a way to try to get even with me yeah, but what's that got to do with joseph like <laughs> that wasn't his fault <laughs> i know what if joseph tried really hard yeah joseph could be actually really nice i know poor joseph, poor joseph. <laughs> 
Oh, don't play games. No, that's when it it goes down to mind games. I don't like mind games. Yeah, exactly. I don't like that kind of shit. I feel like just be upfront. It's you're in a vulnerable position as it is. Just be like be completely vulnerable with each other if you're gonna do that. I think. Yeah. And like even some of the, the views that I have um, are pretty childish. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but that is that is how I would act in the in those um, situations um, in the past. So. Not to say that, that ever happened specifically, but that's the mentality that I had. Like, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Um, but I think, obviously, on both sides, there, there does need to be a care there, like you said. Um, otherwise, what is the what is the point? It's yeah. supposed to be... You're supposed to also get pleasure from the fact that you're pleasuring someone else. Yeah. Um, and if there's just no respect there, as a minimum, mm. then... So maybe the fact that hookup culture has become... It, at the at the crux of it, it is selfish, and and that yeah. maybe stops it from being feminist because yeah, feminism no yeah, and feminism is um it should be communal for both men and women to be feminists yeah, and it's very hard for men to become feminists if you're trying to leave them high and dry. <laughs> Literally, on yeah. purpose why would they want to participate in that movement but you're right just yeah use, just use me then and like that's fine <laughs> oh, yeah 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 but no do it do it yeah women's rights <laughs> just fuck me over that's fine no you want to fuck me up fuck me up do it <laughs> No one's gonna fucking agree. Well, if you are, if you do agree to that, then it's your fucking questionable. To be yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I kind of want to link that to like um, the, another question we had, which was: Is pay is having sex on the first date feminist or anti-feminist? Um, the results from that were sixty-eight percent of the people said that it is feminist, and thirty-two said it wasn't. And I think links pretty yeah, much to the same thing. Yeah. All the arguments I just said there is. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how many girls and how many guys said what. Yeah. So for mine, um, having sex on the first date, two guys voted saying that it it's feminist. Okay. But then I also think like it's a bit cheeky because um, like. The way it was in the past... I see I, all the guys voted for feminist on mine. Well, I think it's a bit cheeky. Right? Oh. <laughs> Just because I feel like in the past, maybe the way hookup culture was, women would... I don't know. Just from watching Friends and stuff, like people had like a three-date rule, didn't they? Yeah. Of like, I'm not going to have sex with the guy. I'm going to make him work for it a little bit. Mm. And then having sex on a first date now, it's like almost a bit like low effort. Because that date might not be... Do you know what I think it actually sounds from with maybe where these guys are coming from? Yeah. Because in these guys' heads, I think, with the three-date rule thing... Yeah. Women held the power of when sex was going to be available. Yeah. So then it's taking the power and being like, actually, I decide that I went on the first date. Yeah. That's why I think... Because a lot of guys do think it's complete... Well kind of is the way that society's created like this dating rule yeah um it's completely dependent on like the way that society shapes it is the guy is good to go whenever you are yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's down to you and if you want to have sex on the first date then yeah that is gonna happen yeah and if you want to wait then he's gonna have to wait yeah yeah that's that's what i do see a lot of posts which are like men determine Sorry, women determine when sex happens, but men determine when the relationship levels up. 
So like the, some people think that there's definitely this different like power dynamic. Like women hold the power when it comes to if they're gonna have sex or not. Yeah. Um, because men are the ones that want sex more than the women do. Or, but then at the same time, people argue that like men are the ones that hold power in terms of relationship because women are more likely to want, want to be exclusive and to want to yeah. have an official relationship compared to men. That's speaking generally because obviously yeah. it's, a, it's, on a, it's on an individual basis. Like, I know there's some guys that wanted to be in a relationship with me and I'm just like, no. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't no, thank you. you. <laughs> Exit left, please. I think this is nature versus nurture. Typical argument. And I think we... Females have been nurtured to want a fairy tale, yeah. to want um, a boyfriend. I know that I wanted a boyfriend so badly in high school, I don't even know why. Yeah. To the point where I date the first guy that I ever dated, didn't even like him. Yeah. Didn't yeah. even like him. I just wanted the idea of what, I just wanted to see what it felt like. Yeah. To have someone that I messaged all the time that was already always available yeah. to me. Yeah. Proclaim that he liked me yeah. and I could say to other people, this is my boyfriend. Um, because... Every single high school movie ends with the girl getting the guy to ask her out. And yeah. Like, I don't know why this is still pushed onto girls to want and, um, this relationship. But I think also when we live in a society where there are guys saying that I don't respect women on a one night stand as much as I respect women that I'm in a relationship with then obviously women are going to be like, well, I don't want to be that girl that gets disrespected on a one night stand. I would rather be the girlfriend mm. because then at least I know I'm getting a better version of this man. This is what scares people into having sex on the first date though, even when they want to. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to be the girl. It's so difficult because then if we are scared of being the girl they disrespect, then we're actually not dismantling anything. No, because then it's still all about the men, isn't it? We're adhering to the standards they're setting. It's so hard. <laughs> I know. You have to be, you just have to take the risk and be the first to step out and be like, actually, this is what you're getting. Yeah. I want to have sex when I want to have sex. Yeah. If you don't respect that, then you're not for me. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And if more and more women start to do that, then they won't have a fucking choice. <laughs> yeah. And if more of us start telling men that they're shitting down. <laughs> <laughs> we're also as a collective gonna learn how to actually pleasure <laughs> this is the oxymoron of it all right how can you have so many one night stands and at the same time like tell guys that they're shit in bed on one night stands yeah cause like I'm having all these one night stands cause I'm gonna be sexually liberated but when I'm having these one night stands they're shit yeah, like so yeah, actually yeah. I'm not sexually liberated because I feel like I'm just there for him because I'm actually not enjoying myself I know because I think like if when sex is bad, that's when I feel like my body is just getting used. That's what I feel like. Oh my god, I literally feel like a little um I feel like a little like machine. Like a toy. I'm like a sex toy. Yeah, for them their pleasure. Yeah. And I'm, what am I getting out of this exchange? Yeah. That is not feminist because that's not an equal exchange. Yeah. And the orgasm gap is a really big thing. We didn't talk about it in our sex episode. Mm. Um but I think yeah, we should talk about that more because that is a huge um, topic. Yeah. I think we mentioned briefly, not sex on the first date, but who should pay on the first date. Yeah. In fact, we mentioned a few things there that that um, we did polls on. So we mentioned um, who should pay on the first date and then we also mentioned um, relationship status. Yeah. The poll said, like, is it feminist for women to pay for the first date? And 78% of people said that it is compared to 22% that said that it's anti-feminist. Mm -hmm. And then, what was the other one? The relationship status. Yeah. So, women determining the relationship status. Is that anti-feminist 
or feminist, and the results for that was 85% that thought it was mm-hmm. feminist. <laughs> um, and 15 anti-feminist. Yeah. So, talking about paying for the first date, a lot of you guys thought it was feminist for women to pay. Um, and when we say you pay for the first date, that's for both parties. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. And the guy. Also, by the way, we are only really speaking about heterosexual relationships and men and women. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can see where it's from. (laughs) Like, okay, the way I see it, it, I almost don't like if a guy wants to pay for the first date because then I'm like, he almost, it's like he wants to get a return on that. Like, not necessarily though. I know, not necessarily, but then it could put me in a position where I feel obliged. So even if I don't want to see him again and I'm not going to, I can still Mm. feel guilty because, oh, he paid for the first date, so. I get that, but then that's on, it's then our... It's on us. Yeah, we're really to on them. get over. No, I mean it's on us to get over oh. the, to get the confidence to be like, thank you for the meal. Really appreciate you paying. I don't. I don't want to take it yeah. further. Yeah. Yeah. And also, because I just think there's some guys who will actually argue. They'll be like, "You're so ungrateful. Like I paid for that first date, and you don't even want to." Yeah. So that's let when me... I dash the ten pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I dash them out of face because that's all it costs anyway. That's like you took me to fucking Disney. I know, that's that's Paris. thing as well. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's not going to impress me if, like, we go up for a coffee date and you paid for my three-pound hot chocolate. Like, how is that impressive? Hot ungrateful. You know what? Hit one, two, three at your head. <laughs> and I'm leaving. That's not even, like, a f- like 15 minutes of working. Like, is it? <laughs> Who's minimum wage is that? Honestly, yeah. A 16-year-old. Three pounds. <laughs> Grow up. No. Fucking weirdo. Yeah. So... <laughs> Has anyone ever said that to you? No, but I've seen it on the internet. Or, okay. like... Mm. I think my ex would be a bit stingy with me. <laughs> That's a new thing for me now. Whoever I date, I want them to be generous with money. Not just... Not because I want to, like take advantage of them it's just because being with someone stingy is not fun no and that's on both sides i think it's because you're like you want to spend your money on traveling and stuff you don't want someone to be like "Mm," like no i think maybe we should just hold off for whatever yeah reason and it's like it makes sense if you're actively saving for something but if it's just because yeah that makes no fucking sense yeah it's just annoying <laughs> and actually now we're both just sat at home bored shitless yeah staring at each other and the tv yeah no exactly <laughs> it's just shit but yeah i think i'm not gonna pay for both of us sorry no i'm paying for myself yeah i don't mind paying for myself like i think first dates actually should kind of be like that like mm. i pay for me you pay for you unless I've asked you out. Like, for example, yeah. I'm taking Matty, my boyfriend, to Alton Towers because that was my idea. Yeah. And I organised it. I arranged it. I mean, it is his birthday. Yeah, and that's um, not the first date. No. But even but, if I asked him out on the first... I mean, I technically did. Yeah. Um, no, I asked him to ask me. <laughs> so really, I found a loophole there. Found a loophole. Found a loophole. Oh, like, what, what was it that you said? Um, I said, when are you going to ask me out then? See, that's the key, ladies. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, and he actually did pay. Again, as well, it really did depend on... I think it depends on each person's financial status because I was a student and he was, and he was working. Yeah. So it wouldn't really have been fair for him to sit back in his chair and wait for me to exactly. pay for us because yeah. that was my money for the week. Like... No, that's just, that's another reason why I was going broke <laughs> in that relationship. 
<laughs> yeah, no. And he's <laughs> what do you mean broke? Oh, because like I I didn't have a job really over the summer. Uh, yeah, the was closed over the summer. I literally yeah. came back to Manchester with like thirty quid in oh my, my bank God. account, and that is very. If you know Larissa, that is very unlike her. You're very good with money, and that's um, such yeah. a shame that like she just robbed you literally. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> robbed you of your time, your energy, yeah. and your fucking finances. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, don't worry about it, guys. We're living, we're living life. We're we living are large. now, we are now. Um, but, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that it is dependent on people's financial situations. Um, you know, if, for example, there's a female boss who mm. is like top of the food chain in her business and she has asked out maybe a younger guy, maybe a student, maybe someone who is training or an apprentice, something like that, who is on significantly less money than her. It's very unfair to expect him to pay. I think especially exactly. there's a there's an image here that again keeps getting pushed in pop culture of men to take you out to these really extravagant places and you're yeah. pushing all these really extravagant places for them to pick to take you to, but you have no intention of paying. Oh, I know. Yeah, I think that's a bit cheeky. It's like, yeah. you can't just always expect it to be so one-sided. Yeah. Um, but then some women are like, yeah, but that's just my standards. I want the man to be the provider and I want princess treatment. Therefore, if he wants to be my boyfriend, mm-hmm. he needs to reach my standards and he needs to be on 6K. Or, sorry, a six-figure salary. Yeah. Um, 6K. <laughs> <laughs> done, I'm done. Everyone's like, I'm what, I can do I that. I can do that. That's <laughs> kind of year, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, but you can't demand that when you if you've got your feet up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just funny. Like, yeah, you can't demand to have a six-figure guy, um, and at the same time, you've never been to uni. You're not educated. Yeah. You're not ambitious yourself. Like, yeah. But then maybe that, that's the kind of girl that those guys sometimes, want. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, if someone strives for. Um, wanting to like maybe like focus on their own fitness, their own health, their own um, lifestyle, and a guy wants to fund that. Okay, yeah, you may for each other. yeah. Especially those girls that do just want to be a stay-at-home mum, mm. and if they want to have hobbies on the side and do things during their day that are, that isn't working but it's still productive. And they need yeah. somebody to fund it, then that makes sense for them to go with yeah. that. Yeah, because we actually guy. said as well, there's different kinds of ambition. Like some of these um, women and men who don't have uh, nine to five jobs or um, job titles um, actually take like voluntary work as seriously as they would a career. Yeah. Um, you know, they are actively getting involved. They are on the committee boards of these massive charities yeah. that are organising these functions, um, these trips to um, underprivileged countries or places or um, organising, like, shelters and things like that. So if someone is really applying themselves, I can see how that can still be attractive if they don't um, actually have the ambition to uh, get a job that is bringing in income but has have an ambition to apply themselves to something that isn't going to bring in any money but is dedicated to helping people yeah it's like a project yeah um then it's still at least you're doing something with your day you're not waiting for someone to get home yeah and that's what can be unattractive yeah because that can be codependent as well like and that's another thing that 
people struggle with in relationships is the level of codependency and you know relying on your partner for to to provide for all of your needs Mm. when really like you should be having more of your own hobbies I mean I think this is why people probably think that paying for the first date is feminist because then you're really not relying on anyone it's all on you you have actually put yourself in the man's stereotypical position. Yeah. And I think this is um, the thing that can get, again, lost in translation yeah. with a lot of people that, um, as to what feminism actually means, some people think that it's um, equality in terms of wherever men are getting women up to, to that speed. Yeah. Um, whereas I disagree with that. I don't actually like that system. So why yeah. would I want to be in it? Why would I want to be in the man's position and, and like basically reflecting what we would see with a man paying for the woman. Yeah. Just, you know, swapping that around, and that's feminism. Yeah. Um, A lot of people argue that it's anti-feminist as well, because in a lot of ways, there still um, exists a gender pay gap. So it's like, why are you paying for a man when, like, (laughs) like, statistically... You got more money than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're in the same job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Most of you guys seem to think that it's feminist, and I completely understand why. Yeah. It is something that would have been unheard of a couple decades ago, definitely, to be fair. Definitely, yeah. So it is definitely progressive. Progressive? Progressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> progressive. You know, that kind of links to, like, the female corporate giants, because we were just talking then about, like, successful yes. women mm-hmm. and boss girl feminism. Yes. Um. So we put a poll up to ask, do you think female corporate giant is feminist or anti-feminist? 74% thought it was feminist, mm-hmm. and 26 thought it's anti-feminist and part of that 26 just because like kind of like you were saying there it's like you're just swapping roles you're just taking the role of a man now and Mm. like i mean we found some really interesting information on um what kind of links to this female corporate giants is the girl boss era which started in mid 2010s it was off the back of a multi-million yeah a multi-million um copy selling book that was written by the founder of nasty girl who basically started this girl boss movement um which was encouraging essentially middle america like a lot of white females to take control in the corporate world climb the ladder yeah and try and re-envision what um corporate america looked like for women and their yeah. place in it the problem with that is a lot of women that were getting to the top and um, once they got there were essentially in a way gatekeeping because they were actually yeah. emulating the men that used to be in those positions exactly yeah it's like they've climbed up the ladder climbed up the patriarchy as well and now they're Mm. not doing anything to change the status quo Mm. so they're just perpetuating these patriarchal systems and standards yeah and the glass ceiling is still there it's just you as an individual has managed to yeah climb a bit i think um what tends to happen with this is when a woman tends to put themselves in the corporate environments um, and the prejudice that they'll face within that um, like everyone knows that it's a male dominated industry just like corporate America, commercial America yeah. or corporate England as well um, super super male dominated um, so when you come up against that as you're climbing up the ladder um, it can make you feel very vulnerable and, and actually the first thing that you want to do is overcompensate so then you mm. overcompensate with um, male characteristics, masculine characteristics yes, rather, yeah. so aggression females tend to be more passive aggressive but it's kind of like an up the ante um you up the ante with your aggression you up the ante with um your 
uh, individualistic um, approach to work, yeah. um, competitive nature. Um, and then in that, it's very easy to lose sight of wanting to bring other women up because you're fighting so fucking hard to get yourself up there. Yeah. And then by the time you get there, you're like, well, I'm not fucking this up now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, to, you... and to make all these men respect you as well. Yeah. It's like, how are you gonna get these men to not just see you as uh, a dainty little female like how are they gonna see you as um someone respectable admirable and someone on an equal playing field as them Mm -hmm. you almost have to make yourself be as masculine as them yeah in order to compete um and there wouldn't be anything wrong with that if it wasn't that those masculine characteristics is what makes corporate um corporate america and the corporate world in england so difficult for females to be a part of. Yeah. Um, everything that's sort of designed around it, even the nine to five life, um, yeah. is designed around the male body clock. Yeah, like, it's yeah, not. We, yeah, because there's, yeah. we've been seeing more information about this, about how like uh, the working day is structured around a man's hormone cycle, which mm. is 24 hours, whereas a, wo- a woman's body is on a monthly um, cycle, hormone cycle because of our periods. And we're gonna have more energy depending on what phase we're in of the menstrual mm-hmm. cycle. Whereas men, nine to five, that's more that's ideal for them. Whereas yes. like for us, which is kind of why I like, you know, Spain, they are now the first country to let women have days off for um, menstruation. Really? Yeah, I think they can get up to like 12 days a year. So like one day each month. Okay. Which is really helpful because for a lot of women, the first day that they're on their period is the day when, you know, they're... Energy on a heavy bleed, there. yeah, yeah, the en- energy levels aren't there. They can be sick. Some women literally throw up on their periods. They have such bad symptoms. Mm. But with like female corporate giants, when they try to emulate that masculine type of leadership, I feel like it does just perpetuate patriarchy. And I yeah. did see like when I was learning, when I was studying A level business, um, there were diff- we were learning about the different type of managerial styles. And there was like, I can't remember the exact term for it, but it was more of like a a matriarchal type of managerial system. So it's like, you can use feminine ways of leadership where you're inclusive. Like, for example, like I saw um, this thread about how the way men interact with each other in a working environment can be so much more like dominating in the term in in the sense of like can you get this done now or like get Mm. this done now so much more demanding whereas a woman might say like oh please if you have more time if you have some free time will you please do this yeah but then i suppose there's pros and cons to that because if you every time you approach someone in that way is it less likely that you get things done at at the deadline when you need it in the corporate world because sometimes you need things done for a certain time and if you approach things in a way that shows flexibility people might just assume okay it's flexible she's flexible with it I can maybe be a bit late on this one because I have something else to do but then Um, it it depends doesn't it on the environment because some people might thrive in that environment where they can see that their boss is respecting them and they're respecting their time and they're mm. actually going to be, they're going to have less pressure on themselves so they feel they're going to, they're more likely to care about the job that they're doing mm. and the work that they're producing. Whereas if their boss comes to them and they're just so dominating and telling them, you know, literally bossing them around, they're going to be demotivated. It Yeah, it depends on the person because I think from my experience, I've seen... Obviously, with me, personally, I don't respond well to someone demanding things of me and making things an obligation because where do my personal plans for the day fit into that? As in, my personal goals 
for work. Yeah. Um, I've written my own day plan. Yeah. Um, and that's got to work for me. I know what works best for me. I know myself as an adult. Yeah, and you know what but time you want to do what. Some people actually do need a rigid time frame. Yeah. Because otherwise, they'll just spend the whole day um, procrastinating. Yeah. Um, and it can be super harmful to give certain personality types too much rope. Yeah. Because then they end, end up... Just getting walked all over. Well just not getting anything done yeah because they'll start a task here and they'll start a task there and there's no actual precise deadline Mm. as to when certain things need to be done and how urgent yeah if everything is done in a way that's flexible it's definitely more understanding it's definitely better for someone's mental health i think Mm. in general but sometimes you do just need to be a bit more stern with things because yeah. otherwise people won't understand the urgency of something and it can actually fuck you over in a corporate sense. So, yeah, I think it, de- it depends on the person. Um, and just, I guess it depends where the respect is built as well. Like, some people only respect leaders that are so strong and, like... Yeah, exactly, exactly. In and it'd way. be interesting to see what a man tends to respond to more. Mm, yeah that'd be interesting to see um but i think i can definitely understand why i think i voted for it being feminist because obviously it depends on how um a woman um has come up in the corporate world and a lot of uh celebrities that end up becoming corporate giants like rihanna like beyonce um i think i've maybe had a bit more freedom to create a working culture that they would like for themselves whereas other places of work that require you to climb ladder, like in a law firm if someone has climbed the ladder to a partner level then they've had to work through those um male dominated um domains yeah and maybe that it, they are more at risk of having to actually adhere to the masculine um environment that's been created for them and there's not really much room for them to input what and implement what they feel would work best for them and their dream and ideal working yeah. environment so it depends on how much power someone has actually has actually been given and what domain they're trying to become a corporate giant in yeah yeah exactly it does depend mm. so much on yeah. like, the individual circumstances but yeah yeah it is very interesting i guess i do think it's a nice thing to see that women are coming up and like mm. they're taking more power as well and mm-hmm. It's not just like in the past where only men went to university, only men were in government, only men were in, mm. on the workforce. It's nice to see that mm-hmm. there is more opportunity for women. And I think in terms of that, if we look at it as opportunities for women, mm-hmm. then that's feminist. Yes. Um, and I definitely think with a lot of these new businesses that we're seeing that are um, being spurred on by women, it actually makes a lot more room for these female-led products because back in the day you would see like Victoria's Secrets for example in comparison yeah. to Kim Kardashian's underwear shapewear mm, line yeah um those that underwear from Victoria's Secrets was designed by a man so really like we were talking about before that underwear is designed for the male gaze yeah um, and then you get Kim Kardashian's line and Rihanna's line um it's sexy but it's comfortable yeah because that's what happens when you create a female product um, as a female. You have the insight. Um, it's just that 
very rarely in the past did a female have access to that kind of money, those kind of connections, that kind of marketing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's nice to see how actually it has a really positive effect on um, products that are geared towards female audiences um, and how beneficial it can be to to really spur on those female corporate giants yeah, for, for things that we need. We actually briefly mentioned... Um, relationship status but we didn't give you the percentages so um we said women initiating relationship statuses um when we talked about that like i said before that's like proposing asking for exclusivity asking to be in an official boyfriend girlfriend relationship yeah even moving in asking someone to move in with you things like that things that are um big milestones in a relationship and a woman taking charge of that because yeah traditionally obviously we all know yeah, woman's just waiting around, like, when's he gonna ask me out? When's yeah, when's he gonna ask me to be his boyfriend? I really wanna get married, but he just won't ask me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even mm. I want my boyfriend to go on one knee. <laughs> um, so, um, like, I think we mentioned briefly, but the percentage um, results for that were 85% of you said feminist. Yep. Um, and 15% of you said that it was anti-feminist. Um, so, and I can definitely, definitely get behind the fact that it's feminist. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's really, really harmful from our own experiences. It's so harmful to be waiting for someone else to, um, see things the way that you do. Yeah, exactly. You could be waiting forever. You could waste your time. Yeah. Um, Um, but also I think it's a bit separate as well to like, you, if you're just waiting around, you're not communicating about what you want yeah and then i think that's another big thing with like feminism it's like women using their voice to express what they actually want and not mm-hmm. being af- afraid to do that um yeah. so yeah i know that my um mum specifically has a very traditional view on who should propose to who yeah i've always just i just think the way that my boyfriend asked me to be his girlfriend um, it was really sweet and that's why I just think that a proposal from him like he's just good at those kind of things I'm not like completely uh adverse to proposing definitely not oh no because I feel like it can take away a bit of the romance if like everything has to be a thoroughly discussed decision yeah together yeah like, sometimes you do need a bit of like that surprise yeah that's surprise surprise. yeah 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 um i mean i asked my boyfriend for exclusivity mm. um i brought that topic up um just because i was in a situation <sighs> where i didn't do that and i mean i brought up the conversation very lightly no in terms of exclusivity i brought it up but in terms of boyfriend and girlfriend, I didn't because I thought that was his job. Yeah. Um, and it made me so unhappy because I was just waiting and waiting yeah, and waiting. Yeah. And then in, it makes you obviously start to think about what's wrong with you. Yeah. Um, and you start to internalize all that because you're taught as a female that if a guy doesn't ask you out, like the whole, if he, um, if he wanted to, he would. Mm, um, yeah. And it's like, well, what if I want to? Maybe I should. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's not about this specific scenario isn't about what he wants, it's about what you want. And if he doesn't want the same thing, then you take yourself out of the equation. Yeah, then if I, if you've at least voiced it, mm. even if you're not getting the response that you want, at least you've got a response. You've got the knowledge now. Yeah, and then you can make an, an informed decision about whether you want to continue or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rather than just like 
Hoping and waiting. Blindly waiting, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what we'd encourage to do a lot, especially when we were younger. Yeah. Um, you know, in high school, someone asking you out, it had to be yeah. here. And then I think this also encourages girls to, like I said, I was so excited to go out with the guy that I went out with for the first time, um, just simply because he had expressed an interest yeah. and I was excited by that whole um that whole phenomenon of this guy asking me out and yeah. the excitable uh, the excited um like narrative around that and it just really makes you want things that you wouldn't normally want because yeah. you're like oh you asked me out that means i have to say yes yeah, yeah. um when really if you would have um been brought up with the idea that you have the power yes then you would do a lot more pursuing you would pursue yes. what you want rather than waiting yeah to see who pursues you yeah and then choose out of them what yeah. you like no you can pursue what you want <laughs> mm-hmm. because this is going back to options if you are the one pursuing then you actually open way more doors yeah. than if you're waiting for someone to come to you because yeah. there's so many options that i could have had actually when i think <laughs> about it but i didn't, wouldn't have known about because i didn't go up and ask the questions i didn't yeah. go to those boys that i liked yeah and start yeah. the conversations i was too shy there's nothing wrong with that you know like people shy people learn um yeah. confidence um it's not always you know it doesn't always come naturally to everyone but yeah it's definitely opens more doors when yeah you, i think so yeah when you do the approaching i mean yeah. i i went up to my i can always say this but i did go up to my boyfriend <laughs> on a night out yeah i went up to him yeah um and the option would have we, we wouldn't have been together if i wouldn't have done no that. no true, true, true. we wouldn't have been together so um it pays off it really does pay off and if he would have said no then i would have known that, yeah. that wasn't an option for me. I wouldn't have thought, you know, however many months later. Oh, remember that guy in the club? I wonder what would yeah. happen with that. Yeah, like, yeah. I I know. He wants yeah. me or he doesn't. I wouldn't yeah. know. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, whoever, what was it, 15% of you that said anti-feminist. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. We know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, actually, let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to explore Send that. Send us messages and let us know why. Why woman initiating relationship status is anti-feminist. Is that because you feel like you, maybe the woman's exposing themselves yeah, to or, um, rejection? Or is, it, or is it because a woman is, like, making the decisions on behalf of the relationship and, like, the man should do more? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why that would be, but interesting. Yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on... Um, so we switched up the last two polls and we asked um, you to choose between men and women. Mm-hmm. So the two questions were, who should do more of the chores? So that's in terms of like the cooking, the cleaning, the household chores. Mm-hmm. Um, and who should do more of the childcare? So for chores, um, you guys said that... Um, seven, well, 70% of you guys said men should do more of the chores and 30% said women. I'm guessing this is probably um, a fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a... Well, women had to do this for so many years. Like, now it's your turn. Yeah. Why should I do the cleaning for you? Yeah. <laughs> I know that 30% of you that voted for women, I feel like maybe you were coming from a place where, you know, this whole narrative that guys just naturally aren't as clean and that guys just messier and women yeah. just have a natural instinct of, for nesting and for making a home domestic. Making and, a house a home. Yeah. Listen, 
all I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. So my mum grew up with, I don't know, two brothers and two girls, two boys. Um, and the girls were always asked to get up on the weekend and do the washing, the laundry for everyone. Yeah. Do the cooking, do the cleaning. And maybe that's why she's better at cleaning yeah. than her, than my uncle. Yeah. Because he didn't have to do those lessons. He didn't have to get up on the weekend. Yeah. It might not be a natural thing. My stepdad is one of the cleanest people I've ever met. Yeah. Like... Yeah, he is. It's <laughs> Like... <laughs> Sorry, self. <laughs> like... Um, it's very dependent on what someone's been taught um i just i'm so sick of hearing this whole like oh well, guys are just messy and like you know what a boy's house is like and have you been to a girl's house yeah in uni the girls houses were sometimes fucking worse like the <laughs> stuff everywhere do you remember um i don't want to say her name but my friend from school oh <laughs> oh when we had to clean her room it took like four hours it was and a whole mission <laughs> we would put like gloves on and masks <laughs> We would put gloves so and masks it's, on. It's not something, like, based on gender. No. Um, but I do think a lot of guys, because of maybe the cultural expectation or all this, like, oh, boys will be boys, like, boys mm-hmm. are just messy, they can get away with it more or they have less of a... They care less about trying to do that. But they really should. <laughs> yeah. Just learn. It really is... It's just... It's such an easy habit to get into, cleaning after yourself. Yeah. It's nothing to do with why, why do chromosomes. Want, it's also, like... <laughs> you know if you keep your place tidy it's you're respecting yourself more yeah. if you live in a dirty environment that to me says that you don't respect yourself yeah, because you you're happy yourself. to live like that and why that's that's you're, you're playing yourourself you're yeah you're punishing yourself what for why do you what think for? you deserve to live like that you're living shit in a squalor i'm a squalor you're pigsty nasty ass <laughs> Oh my god. The nasty ass. Ugh, no, yeah. I actually can't deal with like yeah. stinky smelly. Stinky smelly no. boys. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to blame that on the fact that you've got a penis. Stop it. Stop it, yeah. Stop. I, I feel like the one, the people who voted that men should do more of the household chores, I think it's probably because. Chores. Chores. <laughs> what did I say? Chores. Game Texan all of a sudden. Chores. <laughs> I think it's like if the women that are voting for that, it's because they want that. They only want to be in Revenge. a relationship with those men. No. no, with the percentage of men that are actually very clean and hygienic. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say revenge. Yeah, I think it's revenge as well. Yeah. You know, we've grown up thinking. It's literally perpetuated us since being children. I'm sorry, but why was I asking for a toy Hoover when I was four? Yeah, exactly. Like all of these toys that are designed for girls are all domestic and yeah. a mini kitchen, a yeah, little apron, kitchen, yeah. a little mini iron. Little baby. Yeah, well. a little Hoover that yeah. blows out bubbles. But boys got cars and mm, all that stuff. Little hammers yeah. and little tools. I, I can also, uh, as well, I think maybe if like. You know, in a situation where the woman has just had a baby and she's doing a lot of the childcare, and then it helps to have a man that's going to do more of the household chores. Oh, that would piss me off. That would really piss... No, like... If they didn't. If they didn't. Yeah, imagine. I'm exhausted. My nipples are on fire. Literally. You just had fucking... C-section or fucking stitches on your vagina. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you expect me to bend over fucking sweeping up the floor. Yeah. No, that's not going to fly. That is not going to fly. 
I would actually kill a bitch. No, I would no. I'm going to prison. <laughs> I am actually going to prison. Mossy, listen here. Listen hard, listen good. Yeah. I am not going to be responsible for that as well. No. No motherfucking no. way. No. Yeah. Simply no. <laughs> Simply no. No, absolutely not. Oh, and I really, if you're listening and you're in a situation where you are looking after a young child yeah. um, and you've got a job and so does your partner and yet you are doing the cooking and cleaning Or you're constantly. picking up his dirty ass boxes that oh, he left in the fucking bathroom. Mom? Are no, you Mothers, you need to stop it because you're making it hard for us, oh my you God. mums. No, because I actually have a lot of beef with Greek mums because we li- <laughs> there's literally a word for um, the boys in Greece that are just so mummied. Like, they're just so, like, sorry, babied by their mothers. Because mm. the amount of men that are 30-year-olds, fucking 30-year-old Greek men that are still living with their mums, like, is yeah. because they don't even... They'll finish eating their food and they don't even put their plate in there. Stop! And the mum is enabling this. Why are you doing this? Why are you coddling your fucking boys like this? It's really disgusting. I've got such a problem with it. No, seriously. Because this is when they they find a good woman. They find a good woman who works hard. And they're like, I love how ambitious she is. I love it. And then all of a sudden they get married and they they have a house and they move in together. And like, oh, wow, I still love how ambitious you are. But you're going to clean up after me, right? Yeah. Because my mum usually, I don't. I've never used the washing machine yeah. before. You know, my mom said... So my dad was Greek. Um, my dad was also from a different generation because he was, like, in, way into his 50s and stuff when he was with my mom. Um, she said that he didn't even know how to make his own cup of tea because he... By the way, he also lived with his mom his whole life. Oh, my God! And, um... And, like, one time, there wasn't... My mum and my grandma weren't in the house, and he wanted a cup of tea. He fucking went to the neighbour's house to get the woman, the neighbour, to fucking cook him... To make him a cup of tea. That's how bad it is. I just... Oh my god! Obviously, that's an extreme example, and I do learn. Think, yeah, you use your brain to learn. Are you trying to tell me you can learn how to do all these masculine things like fix a like, car? Yeah, fix a car, drive a car, you Pop know, a shelf. Yeah, start a business, do yeah, a nine to five job, the electrician stuff. But you can't fucking make your own dinner, or you can't wash your own sides. clothes. Put the fucking laundry detergent in the washing machine. <laughs> This is becoming so nasty, bitch. This is turned into a rant now. Like, yeah, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, you have to do do some chores, do them, and it's it is stemming from people. The parenting is because if you're told to do to be a certain way, to clean up after yourself, yeah. to carry yourself in a certain way, and a mother, look, listen, I know my older brother growing up, like he's definitely super clean now, but like growing up when he was a teenager he was like the stereotype of a teenage boy yeah um and did my mum like clean up after him no she was like that's his space yeah and when he would like get um clothes in the what he put clothes in the washing machine she would like put the washing machine on take them out throw them back in his room <laughs> because why would she um like you know get so flustered over how he's creating a space for himself exactly that's he for him to, take to learn responsibility yeah exactly yeah. and that's exactly what happened so yeah. you know he's an adult now he has yeah. his own home it's clean it's tidy good so let people learn stop trying to um, tidy up after your fucking boys like they're like they're three years old until they're 30 and they I get married know. that's what happened people think that they're, they're children until the day they get married yeah 
But a woman, uh, but a girl needs to learn how to be domesticated the moment that they step foot out of the exactly, room. Exactly, because there's that more more expectation that they're going to be the ones um, taking care of the house and of the mm. children. Just make it make sense. If if it's a natural thing, then why is it that we teach one gender and not yeah, the other? Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Anyway, so the final one was <laughs> who should do more of the childcare. And so 67% said the women should do it. 33% said the men should do it. Mm-hmm. And I can't really argue with that because I yeah. do think that, like, naturally women are going to be more involved because they're the ones that carry the baby for nine yeah. months. Yeah. They're going to... I'm not well. I wouldn't say they have more of a connection because I do think like obviously there are loads of dads that were just born to be dads. Like 100%. they love having children and like they're gonna be there every it's step of the way. Naturally paternal. Yeah, naturally paternal. Mm. Um, but it, I guess it's like we were having discussions about how like, you know, when a woman has just given birth, she'll be breastfeeding and, um, her body will naturally produce milk. Um, and can even change like. The enzymes. Yeah, but yeah. But when, when the baby gets sick, your body naturally, a woman's body naturally produces certain enzymes to, like, counteract the, the illness of the baby. Yeah, or to help the baby. Because they're so in sync. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, like, the way society is in terms of, like, paternity leave and maternity leave, dads only get, like, how many weeks like off? three, four. And, and women get how much, like... Um, to be honest, I don't think we get that much. I think it depends on the business, obviously, but I think a lot of people get, like... It's not that much. Most people have to save up their own money. Yeah. On top of it. But I guess in terms of that time spent with the mum... and Yeah, yeah, that time spent bonding. um, And then the mum is just naturally going to learn more on the job, kind of, like, of how No, to... it's true, it is yeah. true. And this is why it's nice that there's more of a move towards, like, remote working, because I, yeah. fingers crossed, um, when me and Matty have a baby, I know that right now he um, is doing hybrid working, so three days at home, so it, if we did have a child right now, um, which is going to happen anytime soon, <laughs> um, but if that was the case, our schedules allow for us to, for him to still be present most yeah, of the time, yeah. um, which is nice. Obviously he has to work in that, but he's in the environment and he is with the child, yeah. you know? Um, so that's nice. But the fact is that they're still working. They're still going to have to be involved in their work um whether they're working from home or not um and you know the mothers are given more time to just focus on their baby yeah um and that isn't actually going to affect the the connection that they have um and the bonding that they can create so yeah i think our our biology is just more in sync with the babies yeah um so it kind of demands for us to be more present yeah um yeah but then i suppose after infancy yeah, after a certain 50, amount 50. of time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did see, like, I saw this TikTok, um, because there's a lot of women that they're worried about, you know, pregnancy or, like, after giving birth, that they're going to be the one almost stuck taking care of the child. Like, mm. if they need a five-minute break and then they give their child to the dad and they just want to have five minutes to go to the toilet or do anything, mm-hmm. but then the dad will come in with the baby and be like, take her, she's crying. And oh then... In that situation, it's like the woman, the mum is like always the go-to parent when 
something goes wrong, like when the baby's crying, right? Then the baby is gonna go to the mum more instead of the dad mm-hmm. uh, for comfort. And this one lady on TikTok was talking about how to ca- counteract that so that it's actually more equal, also, also that the mum isn't the one that's like the primary parent that is gonna be then so so much more involved than the other parent. Is if you make an intentional shift uh, in terms of like the dad. goes on paternity leave and the mum goes back to work um Mm. so that the dad ends up staying with the the child more but the struggle with that is when you give birth as a woman you have a lot of physical um implications that that stay with you after giving birth yeah like the stitches of your vagina or the stitches on your stomach like the bleeding um, like the fact that your body is just physically tired, yeah. Um, and and your abdomen the is stretched. And... The milk, your boobs might hurt because you're not near the baby. You need to pump in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, if you're working remotely, like we said, that might be a bit easier. Um, you, and postnatal depression is a really big thing as well. At the end of the day, your hormones are fucked. Like, yeah. it, they are. They're completely imbalanced. They've been completely thrown out of the like thrown off course completely so you need time to be able to rejuvenate and and get back on track and I don't think many I think many people think that the tiredness and the recovery only comes from the fact that you have to look after a child and that's tiring but actually it's the physical recovery of essentially being in an operation being in surgery um, and also recovering from one of the biggest hormonal shifts that your body will ever face yeah it's like a period on steroids and i am an emotional wreck as it is when my period's due like i get i can tell when i'm coming on my period because i I do get more emotional when i'm watching movies and shit yeah i've kind of noticed that recently like only now that i'm in I'm a bit older because I think when I was younger and in uni, I would almost boast about not having like PMS. Like I, w- yeah. I just didn't have symptoms. Whereas now, I can feel it. I yeah. When I'm about to have a period, I noticed the spots on my face, mm. like, and yeah, the soreness and everything. Like it's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot to contend with. Um, so it, what it, it in theory, it's great. It's nice. Um, to be able to to shift the um the stereotypical roles yeah Yeah. the responsibility as well um but but actually in practice is it realistic is it fair um i don't think so yeah so um but i'd like yeah again it's one of those situations where like if if the mum is the only is the go-to parent and all that responsibility is put on her and it's all that stress i think Again, it's it's a societal problem because yeah. there's not enough community help. Like, I feel like if we're going back decades ago, there would be so much more community involvement when it came to, like, raising children. Mm. Um, just, like, friends, family, extended family would be involved. And it wasn't just all on the one parent to, to help that child. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, a modern family, um, this is, I think, where a lot of the problems come in because people try and um, apply values from a traditional family unit onto the modern family. You know, most modern families don't have a mum and a dad, actually. Exactly, yeah, Um, that's very true as well. So it's really difficult to try and establish um, traditional family values onto, onto what we see today. It's not fair. It's really unrealistic and it actually puts a lot of pressure on 
a lot of women and men yeah. um, to try and emulate and reflect what they've been like indoctrinated with yeah, um, yeah. because it, you know the stereotypical um, family unit back in the day obviously was a man and a woman where the woman would stay at home and um, and now parents don't tend to stay together. Yeah, so there's a lot more single parents. There can be single dads, single mums. Mm. There can be, um, like, two dads raising one, one child, yeah. two mums raising one child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a lot more complex. Stepdads, stepmums in the picture as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so... We're kind of making the rules up as we go along at the moment. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that they're like, feminism is ruining the nuclear family. Oh my God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's destroying the nuclear family because women now, they're more likely to ask for a divorce and they're breaking up, they're tearing apart their own families. Yeah, because what used to happen was um, <laughs> the fathers would cheat um, or beat on their wives and the women would stay because so what they is- couldn't <laughs> because they couldn't even go to the shop and buy sweets without a fucking signature from their husband so <laughs> you can't fucking say that shit and also even get, as going as far as like statutory rape wasn't yeah. um actually a, a crime within a marriage so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a foundation to leave someone you couldn't file a divorce on on that basis and that's going as as late as i think that was in the 90s yeah that's fucking late that is yeah. late so no it's not feminism that's ruining it it's it's the it's fact because that it was wrong in the first place yeah right? it wasn't working in the first place everyone was just making it look like it did people just painted over it yeah and, and restricted and ignoring it. the suffering of women yeah exactly so now that you have to listen to us yeah. all of a sudden it's a problem for you yeah so when we were suffering in silence you were okay with it mm, that's problematic yeah <laughs> maybe look inwards exactly exactly <laughs> maybe look inwards on that yeah um you had one extra question that you put on your story oh yeah you? i did put an extra question just to ask um in general if people think that feminism has progressed or regressed um, and the result from that one is that 67% of people think that feminism has progressed, whereas 33% of the people voting thought that it hasn't. Mm. So it is an interesting one because obviously, like we were saying, we don't live... Uh, by the way, we're speaking specifically about England. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, back in the 50s, whenever it was, you couldn't... The wives couldn't buy anything without their husband's permission. Mm-hmm. We have obviously come far in terms of that. And in terms of the amount of girls that are now being educated in universities, that yeah. has increased drastically. Sexual got, autonomy as well. Sexual autonomy. Uh, abortion has been legalised. Mm-hmm. The pill is around. The contraception is around. Um, and there are more women like in the government, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there is progression. Definitely. But let's not act like all of this shit was happening um, centuries ago, because it wasn't. Um, The people that are still alive today went through all of this shit. My nana did, my mum did. Mm. Um, So the fact that people are acting like we need to get over it now, that makes no sense. No, it doesn't. It's not still recovering from it. Exactly. And the fact that women are only just being filtered into corporate positions, into positions of power in government. Um, It's a work in progress. It's still happening. So give it time. Um, And that's why it is hard to say that it's completely progressed. It definitely has, but um, there are elements of of just society um, that 
still need work um and where things are designed more so um to benefit men like yeah. um like we said nine to five working life like yeah. uh the fact that um we have different fluctuations in our hormones on a monthly basis and that's not taken into consideration when it comes to just the normal working day recovery of, of pregnancy as well because yeah actually potentially you don't get that long no no <laughs> um and i wonder long. how long you would get if a man had to get pregnant oh yeah <laughs> i'm just saying yeah because it wasn't a woman that made you know those stipulations yeah um to begin with so yeah. it is a case of having to tap in to different areas um, of society, um, like when we were speaking to him earlier, um, there's different aspects of feminism, um, socially, politically, and economically. Yeah. You have to look at each thing separately. Um, and I think socially, we're getting there. Yeah. We are polarised. Politically, I think that's probably the furthest that we've come. Yeah. Politically. Yeah. Um, economically okay yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah obviously we've had um female prime ministers but that doesn't mean that we should be proud of them <laughs> no. yeah exactly exactly yeah a lot of people criticize thatcher for actually getting to a position of power to then like we said before emulate um the masculine vision exactly um, and yeah. the male vision of of a woman's place in society yeah um so some might say that she was like a token yeah, she yeah. was an intelligent, well-spoken woman yeah. um, who managed to get herself into a position of power. Um, but was she working for um, the modern working woman? Yeah, yeah, who was she benefiting? Exactly. But yeah, I think we I think we spoke about we've a lot covered, of really interesting yeah. topics there. And we've covered all of the polls, we've given you all of the results. Yes. Um, we've had some really interesting discussions yeah. yeah this is such a big topic yeah i mean we, we hope that you enjoyed it we hope you found it interesting if you have any comments if you have any feedback if you have any disagreements um let yeah. us know on our instagram account if you don't follow us already that's underscore absolutely clueless yeah. this was our international women's day special so we hope that you loved it um lots of love to all the young women out there all the women out there young girls all the men listen to us as well. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying the comments we made. <laughs> yeah, but it's International Women's Day. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is about you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned for the next episode and please follow us on Instagram where we'll be posting more updates, more snippets of episodes to come. Mm-hmm. But until next time. Stay close. Are you saying stay clueless? I don't want to stay clueless. I know. That's really not good advice. <laughs> Until next time, it's okay to be clueless. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Okay, bye.